Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, we bring you the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's market report. Welcome to the market report. What follows is my thoughts or gut instincts of what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decisions to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 17th of February 2020. I'm going to run on a bit about barley this week because I've, I've neglected it a little. Feed barley is worth 125x farm for spot movement. I don't see that going up much in price unless the export that is still occurring continues at the pace it is. In other words, it could become tight at the end of the year if lots and lots of barley is exported. To encourage your merchants to export, and hopefully the very tail end of the season will see all of the stock gone and the price a little bit higher. I wouldn't hold your breath for a higher price, but it is at least uh, moving and there is transactions going on. Each month beyond spot is a pound a month extra as you go on. Right, malting barley, I want to talk about that. Um, old crop, I, I asked Oliver, uh, our malting barley trader, exactly what I should be chasing for old crop malting barley. Is there anything special out there? And his, his answer was, there are particular varieties and particular specifications being looked for. Right? So he didn't actually articulate which and which. So if you have some malting barley left untraded and you present that to us to have a look at it um, it might be that particular variety and it might be that particular specification uh, there is one or two merchant shorts in the market for some contracts that they've got and they have to supply it um, so maybe just just get on with it is my point you might get a premium above feed and it's probably worth doing that new crop feed barley harvest movement not going straight into a store on the day you cut it but to meet a boat or to meet some delivery instructions around the harvest period you're cutting it is 122x farm i would put stuff that goes into store probably two pounds cheaper than that i don't really know where that one's going because because we've recently been looking at the figures for production on barley for next year and and i think it was strategy grains came out with their projection for the barley crop being eight eight point one million tons which if you take it against last year's or the normal crop size of about six and a half million doesn't take a genius to work out there's a bit more barley about now if you take in the context of that that winter barley's gone down from three and a half million tons to two and a half million tons the spring barley crop will be around 5.5 million tons so that being the case there is a very very large amount of barley coming forward hence all of the fuss about the price being low now i must reiterate something i've repeated many times that is subject to the stuff getting planted because experience teaches us all that if you trade something that hasn't actually been planted, the weather can do some terrible things to you, just like it did this autumn. So I think we'll review this one at the end of March when finally the Midlands dries out uh, and maybe they get some spring barley into the fields they're planning. If not, there's going to be a lot of fallow fields and the crop size projections that we've just announced will be smaller so i think barley has the potential to be exciting if you have a terrible spring how about that 
Aussie rape, I'm not going to dwell on it, it's 320 for spot movement, and for harvest it's 310. No movement on that. I looked round a, a field of rape yesterday um, with a load of pigeons in it. I don't know whether they're eating the larvae or whether they're eating the crop, but anyway, the pigeons looked healthy. Uh, some of the rape looked healthy here and there, but lots of it looked really ropey as well. We, our view is that crop is struggling, has struggled all the way through, and it's about how many tonnes are going to be produced. And we think the market remains firm on that, which takes us to our, our, um, our kind of home bet commodity, which is the thing that people have usually got left to trade this time of year, which is feed wheat. Um, spot price for feed wheat, 146x. I'd pay the same price for March. I, I, you know, there's a, there is a demand because farmers are not releasing wheat at the moment. I don't know why. But they're not. Um, at some point, they will come to the market with it. The market dictates that the crop size was big last year. The stuff does exist. It hasn't been traded. There's been a million tonne exported. There's still a surplus to trade. And at some point, well, we've mentioned it previously, This the, 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 there will be a good two-way trade. Then all of a sudden, the buyers will become a little less keen than they are now. So spot prices are very good. So 46 for spot. That's Feb-March movement, 47 for April, 48 for May, and we'd pay 150 for June. Now, that's really punchy. That is a very aggressive price at the moment. So just remember we bid it somewhere down the line. Our view, I think old crop wheat goes down. I think when we get to April, May, June, the price will be lower. You will not be seeing 150x farm for wheat later on. Now, you can hold that up in my face at any time you like. That's the whole point of this podcast, sticking your neck out. It allows people to say, oh, you're an idiot, you got that wrong. Yeah, I, I do sometimes. But um, I think that maths wins. There is too much wheat, and I accept that farmers are saying they're going to carry it, but I just don't believe that they're going to do it uh, unless the price drops significantly on the old crop. So I, I think we're more likely to see 140 for June wheat X farm than we are 160. And if that's the mentality of, you know, ask yourself that question, do I think it's going to go up to 160 or do I think it's going to go down to 140? What's the most likely outcome? If, if, the, if the answer is you think it's more likely to go down, then just trade it. It's, it's not worth, you know, kind of proving yourself right, if you like. So our view, old crop wheat drops off a bit. The only thing that can caveat that is an utterly, hideously disastrous spring. So um, I don't want to wish that on you either. So with that very happy thought, good luck trading this week. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. If you're enjoying the Doing Grain podcast and want to see it go from strength to strength, then please do give us a five-star rating and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. Also, do recommend us to friends and family and share the podcast on social media so everyone hears about it. If you want to sponsor the podcast, we offer very competitive rates. Just get in touch with hello at tinshedproductions.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat. Morning, Willie. Morning, Andrew. Morning. The only time we get to chat on a Friday morning is with, uh, with a microphone on. <laughs> so, <laughs> Very true, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that we're going to start with a fantastic piece of news. Ian, would you like this to was, This was awesome. You, you were actually away. You were seeing a farmer in Essex when you said a bit of a tro- troop out. And a package arrived in the office. And that sounds a bit dodgy. Um, so this arrived, and I thought I'd open it because I was curious. And we had a very, very cool letter from 
a Jonathan Hodgson, who is a farmer, first off, but they have a brewery on farm as well. And they have very, very kindly sent us two of their beers to try this morning, Andrew. Let me just read the letter. It says, Dear Andrew and the team, you are obviously a complete genius, and your market analysis... (laughs) Poetic license there, Andrew. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, properly, as a keen listener of your podcast, I thought it only right that I should send you a couple of bottles of beer from our brewery, which is situated on our farm here in Yorkshire. Now, when I slip into a Yorkshire accent in a minute, it's because the the names on the on the bottles. But first things first, I am so so grateful, Jonathan. Thank you very much, a for listening. Um, it's nice to know that we're we're listened to somewhere near the Arctic. I love that. I think that's great. We're not just a Norfolk, well, we are a Norfolk merchant, but it's lovely to hear that the spread is beyond our, uh, yeah, we our know, little county. We know one or two of the, mer- the merchant trade listen to us, don't we? Because, you know, I saw one or two of them at the dinners yeah. last week, and the f- they said, oh, I listened to your podcast this morning. Mm. So farmers listening to us as well. That's quite shocking. <laughs> We've been quite rude in the past here and there. So, Jonathan, you're a star, and sending us beer is a sure way to get a really big up of your, of your uh, business. So the mm. great Newsom Brewery, well, shall I give you a rundown? So they are the Great Newsom Brewery. Um, I'm not sure whereabouts you'll be. You're based in Halsham Hull. Um, I think just in the uh, on the peninsula there, from where we were. Uh, East Yorkshire. Google Google Mapping. Um, uh, Newsom Brewery. I'm not sure when you were established, but I think from what I was looking at yesterday, you established in about 2007 was when your first beer came out. Um, Quite a good little range, actually. And I think you've picked up some good awards, which is uh, yeah. looks very impressed. I'm quite keen to crack the lid off this yeah, one. Yeah, indeed. We well, we, we've got the next two weeks sorted out. So we've got to decide between, um, obviously, these are very, very Yorkshire, but I think this is where we're going to go way up. Slectust. 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 We're going to go for that one this week. Yeah. But the other one is, is, is a Yorkshire name for a hedgehog, apparently, which is a pricky back ochin. Pricky back ochin. All right. Jonathan did write with the bit Andrew missed. He said, I know you like your beers and can be very critical, so please be gentle with us. Oh, I don't know if we can go there. We'll have no, to. No, we'll we'll judge it on merit. Very, we'll be yeah, fair. We will. But we're very, very pleased that you're listening and very grateful for the free beer. And if anybody wants a really big, big up on our podcast, all you've got to do is quite simple. is Send us your beer. Anyway, with that, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do the beer bit at the end of our little chat. Otherwise, we'll talk rubbish continuously. Or should we start on it? Let's now? crack the beer open, then we have a beer over the chat. Now, there's a major shock. Okay, <laughs> I'll run on while you do that bit and try to pour it so it has a proper head this time. Okay, um, I wanted to talk with an eye on the on the virus. I got a bit of a cough, so I'm, obviously I could be could be struggling with it. Yeah. Two week quarantine, Andrew. Yeah. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, poor Tess, you'd know. Anyway, right, so the the virus is obviously... We we all have views on how these figures have been presented by the Chinese, and and you had on Channel 4 News last night, they had that Hu Weiwei artist guy basically saying, yeah, they lie, and they're not accurate, and the the figures jumped from 40,000 to 60,000, because, in fact, they haven't tested very many people unless they're near death's door. Um, the dynamic is it's now spreading around the world and we're going to get some very accurate figures on it. Mm. But the sentiment of it, it has seen a, the first wave of the price dropping, hasn't it? Mm. I've got to say it's a very mix. It's very hard to determine the sentiment. I think but the market recovered. The market did recover because I think, I mean, the crude, the crude oil was the leader of it and, and there was um, people fearful of a, a Chinese recession and quite what the implications were for global oil demand. He can't do two things at once. I'm pouring the beer. 
getting distracted by seeing a beer poured. So, yeah, the, what, what are the implications? So the numbers are very crudely, I might be slightly wrong in it, but I think about 1,200 deaths, which is quite significant, and there are 60,000... Except 60, the ones 000, dead in their homes they haven't found yet, they steal the houses off. I mean, no. you're not, you're not going to get accurate figures out of the Chinese. Fact. It's just, you, you're just not. I'm sorry if I get taken out by the triads for that one. But but you, you kind of need to have some accurate figures on it. I mean, the UK has mm. got nine cases that we're, we're aware of. Yeah. In three months' time, we'll, we'll, we will be much, much clearer about, A, what the percentage of people that... Well, yeah, the, I mean, the, the super spreader that's hit the headlines, unfortunately, that the guy has... Well, I say no fault of his own, but he's the super spreader, and it is getting everywhere. Where where does it go to? Where does it stop? Are we acting responsibly enough at the moment as UK citizens quarantining ourselves? I mean, it's not yet the significant story in the UK, is it? But will it be a different story in two weeks' time? I do have a grower that's just returned from the uh, ski resort in France, ah. where it came from, where the super spreader was at. So there, then. it might be in Norfolk. Yeah, could well be. I might have it with this cough. <coughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the 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 point I was trying to get to is uh, forget the, the the trivial aspect of people dying. Uh, it is the sentiment to the grain market that we're we're judged by, and it's kind of leading me to think. At, at the moment, if you're a grain merchant, it is really tough to kind of get the wheels rolling. It just isn't happening out there. I'm sure I'm, we're not the only merchant looking at their overheads, looking at the the money ticking out the door. And all we can, you know, we're trying to trade with farmers who just are not interested. I think the farmers have gone to ground for quite a few reasons. I mean, if you take the old crop side of things, it has slipped under 150 quid, which has turned farmers off. Mm. Probably wrongly, just, I think. No, with that, mind. well, I'm, it was 140 in December, and we thought that was good because harvest was 120. Yeah. And in fact, it went up to 150x farm mm. for kind of spot mm. movement briefly. Mm. That's a lot of money. It is, yeah. I understand the reasoning for going to ground on the new crop because we're looking at a crop that hasn't been planted in certain regions, even though some of the crop that is in the ground looks quite good. I mean, your comments from your trip back from Essex was, yeah, it doesn't look too bad. Just, 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 I'm just, have you had a sip of the beer and not made a comment about it just as a matter of interest? Because it looks like you've been drinking. Well, it. I didn't wince. I quite liked it. Shock well, there that I like it. That well, I like it this, is, yeah. this is an interview. This is, we're doing this the wrong way around this week, but this is probably going to help help the chat. So here we go. Good bit. It it's is lovely. lovely. Very good. Very very good. And, and I think the barley was grown on their farm just for yeah using l- using laureate their own producer laureate. Yeah. I think the name came from must be whether it's Jonathan's grandfather or a, a previous generation of um, someone who cut, cut grain without the, uh, the without the cab got covered without in dust. Without the cab on, yeah, and he had to have. And you used to have a ah, select yep, dust. Which, select dust. So I think a select dust is a thirst quencher. That'd be the one. In, in, you know, in English, hmm. Anglo-Saxon. Grateful, lovely beer. Yeah. You're lucky. Go out there and buy some, you lot, mm, if you're good listening. Beer. So I'd, I'd gone to, I'd just come back from Essex. I went down to Essex That's yesterday. Right. drove down through various Edmonds, right the way down, Long Melford, you know, down into North Essex. And I've got to say, lots of the ground is covered with wheat. Lots of the... Um, wheat is green. It's been. It's mild. The, the, the soil temperatures are picking up. You know, it's it's going and it's covered and it's there. Now <clears throat> they're going to be budgeting on three tons an acre, not four tons an acre. I get all of that, but the crop, actually, mm. largely in in that trip, there's plenty of fields that are planted. I'm certainly feeling from conversations as well. There are some growers, not everyone shouting from the rooftops about this, but some people are 
quite pleased with how their crop looks as well. We have been writing down the potential of this crop. Maybe that's a, a false sort of impression that we've been led into. Maybe the mild weather is is producing a crop potential. Again, it is all in the hands of the spring now. What do we well, get? Well, yeah, one or two of our growers have put in more wheat than they originally planned because mm. they put it on the barley land because it was a field they could actually get on with. Some of the sugar beet land has turned over quite nicely, is some of the comments, and that's, yeah, that's resulted some, in that increased more, acreage. Some people have increased their wheat acreage, and, and we've got wheat going on barley acreage, and barley going to go on to where there was originally wheat planned. Mm. And that's a mm. point that the, the dynamic of the barley that comes onto, onto planned wheat land, first wheat land, could well have a higher spec nitrogen than than perhaps the land they'd planned to put it on. It's the, the rotation is, is is slightly buggered up, mm. and therefore it isn't going to be a straightforward. Oh, I've got spring barley in there. That's going to be low nitrogen. It's mm. going to be um, this. Uh, this is following potatoes or or following. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, yeah. Where there's there's lots of nutrients in the ground. Possibly if they haven't all washed away, but it's mm. there is more wheat planted certainly in Norfolk than the original mm. plant on lots of farms. So it isn't. It's very difficult when you when mm. you speak to people in the Midlands. You know, you, th- those guys are saying it's a ten million ton crop, and they they're not wavering from that thought. We did have a conversation, yeah, didn't we, uh, at the Norfolk dinner, and a uh, a friend trading in that sort of region just said it's a disaster. Uh, we we are there is the odd conversation we will have locally in Norfolk of a few growers that saying, well, particularly some of the growers around the broads that they won't be plantable potentially even in the spring, mm. and they will leave it fallow, put in a, a cover crop, and get ready for uh, autumn drilling again. Which means an enormous crop for twenty one, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've thought that for several weeks, and um, I think it will be a significant planting. Yeah, but it's, it's hellishly brave to sell the backside off that one because because there's so much weather. I think you've got to wait and see where this current crop goes. And yeah, absolutely. When what what will be a good price then? Hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, well, yeah, probably hundred and fifty quid would be great, mm. wouldn't it? On budget, but twenty twenty one, do they still get all of their uh, farm payments, or is that beginning to get eaten into? I don't know. You've got me there. I think it starts to uh, erode the following year. Yeah. Anyway, 150 pounds ton should be a profit for physically putting wheat in the ground, mm. but we're not really got an opinion either way on that. All all I do is tie my money up by hedging it. If you do sell it, uh, to me, if I was a if I was a farmer, this is the easiest comment made by by a grain merchant because we don't have the pressures and miseries that you face. But I think I would probably put some in the bag around that price because it is a above budget mm. Mm. assuming yeah. budgets aren't going to increase mm. dramatically and mm. well who knows what who's what the only the only thing is um probability would suggest that within the next 18 months we will have a weather scare we haven't had really a weather market a full weather market for the last Six, seven years, have we? 2012 no, we was the big one. We had that corn issue last year, which has shocked me senses. I'm, I'm so wrong on that. I'm, I'm, there's one of our big mistakes. We, we firmly believed that the corn market would go through the roof because last year it, f- it flooded when they tried to plant it. It yeah. flooded when they had planted it. And then lots of it got covered in snow and, and there's mm. still some to harvest. But the crop size seems to have been undiminished. Mm. And we, were, you know, we expected it to rally and it hasn't. Could be the story in the UK. Maybe some of that early, early drilled or mid drilled, some of the stuff that's muddled in may produce a reasonable yield. Mm. Who knows? Well, I mean, so, so let's get back to the. So here we are, sort of chewing the cud on it. What is going to make a farmer come to the market? What What is stopping him now selling wheet? It's been 150x. Mm. It's just below that. It's still a good price. 
I don't blame farmers for being quiet on the new crop front. No, but it's true. Let's talk about crop. Old crop, crop, I don't understand that sentiment. Right, so so the the key for me is when you try and analyse your customer base or what's going to make farmers sell it is, you know, a magic price makes them sell it, okay. If they clearly said, you know, I want £200 a tonne for it, then if it gets there, you Mm. phone them up and they go... Oh, that's going to go up. <laughs> no, they get they they'll sell some like that, but that that isn't going to happen. So it, the the key issue is: is there a strategy in their heads that we could tune into to buy their grain? The only thing is, round numbers have have always been a key to farmers' trade decisions. They have okay, been. I'll pay 150 for June. There you go. Um, but I still think there's a fair bit. To what? How do we unlock the tonnage that isn't in those in those categories? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it going to be best price? Will a farmer phone up on the whim of thinking I'm bored and someone phones him up and says, you know, mm-hmm. here's a price, isn't it good? Oh, yes, I'll sell some. What, um, I think we really need to see the wheels of old crop fall off before farmers will start to think about doing their balances. But that's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Here we are, yeah. listen to us, everybody. I don't really want to be saying to you the market's going to drop, you ought to be selling it, because it, we sound like every other grain merchant in the history of mankind, but... but some point the price has been really good relative to where we started the year and we had a really big harvest and the world's had a big harvest and therefore it can't go up unless there's a real reason for it to go up bull markets need feeding yeah, there do, is yeah. nothing yeah. to feed it at the moment and underlyingly there's a sentiment issue with this blooming virus Correct. that might kill yeah. a third of us or something so it, and that has an effect on oil prices as an mm. underlying sentiment issue in the market so my point is i know it's only february and i know there's another six months to go before we see new crop coming in, and, and therefore lots and lots of things can happen. But I just don't want to see people just re- not, not thinking about it. We want you to do some thinking. Is that, a bit, is that fair? You're looking at me like I've just offended everybody again. <laughs> Even Claire's like, going, oh, no, more editing. <laughs> I mean, I just, all I want to do is get, get you lot to go, right, this is, this is my thoughts. I now have a firm plan to sell it to the people who don't offend me on a podcast every <laughs> week. <laughs> but at least you'll be making a, a concise, thought-through decision. This, that's kind of... I think that's fair. Should we step out of this because I've dug a big hole? Yeah, go on. What's, what's <laughs> the volume of, uh, is it, um, So we are recording on the day, the morning of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Did, how did your Valentine's Day start, Andrew? Embarrassingly. I think I'm probably not far behind you. Well, I didn't, you know, I, I, not in the context of, like, you know, morning tests. <laughs> no, none of that. It was uh, Tess. Uh, I went and made a cup of tea like a good loving husband, and um, I uh, came back up. And Tess, Tess had got me a card. All oh, right, lovely. Yeah, very thoughtful. Yeah. What did your What did your card say? It said um, your card's Tess. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought we'd said we weren't getting each other cards, so she didn't get a card. <clears throat> How about you, Ian? I might have to second that. I'm in your boat as well. So she got you a card and you didn't get it. Yeah, I had a card left by the uh, underneath my keys by the back door this morning. Yeah, hmm. that's pointless going to Sainsbury's and buying a buying one, and because I've already gone down that I haven't got one. I've had the. I've I've come clean as well. Yeah, yeah. I've come clean. So I does have, that make us just like unaware, overconfident? But I think we show our affection all the way through the years, so <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> why today should be any different. you're right I do well Tessa's birthday is a week before or two weeks before and I bought some flowers and they're still alive so Mm. I did make an effort last year I actually bought Izzy (laughs) Izzy an orchid 
and uh, thought it was very thoughtful and sort of pushed the boat out and it was quite nice in Lavender Blue in Alsham and uh, it didn't even last a couple of months. Yeah. Have you got shares in Lavender Blue? No. You mentioned we gave them a little plug there. They didn't buy us a beer, did they? No, true. Yeah. But it's an Elsham company, so we're all good. As your free uh, half a dozen red roses for this afternoon would be great, oh, actually. No. Yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really would be good, wouldn't it? Right, I hope you're listening, Lavender Blue. Well, you won't hear it until after, will you? Yeah. No, no, no Tess, you know, she, I think she got the girls a little Valentine's card as well, and, you know, it's just, it's all very Americanised and commercial, isn't it? I think it was great in your teens. And it was quite fun, the mystery of, oh, who sent you Valentine's at school? I used to have heaps of them. Yeah? Is <laughs> that your mum? <laughs> and your auntie? I did. Mum, mum did always send me a token one just to, yeah. uh, just to make, sure make me feel wanted. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was never a looker, so I never got any Valentines. Oh. <laughs> but no, I, I have... Um, I have got Izzy some roses. I'm actually planting some roses, this, well, hopefully this afternoon... Okay, that's some nice. Standard roses for the garden. So that's what that's you, even that's more thoughtful. You than said you said I've bought you some roses that last forever. Yeah, exactly. That's really good. I have actually got some full scale landscaping to do, so they were going to go in anyway. But they will be treated as my Valentine's Day present. Oh, well, you're, you're like and her birthday present tomorrow as well. <laughs> is it her birthday tomorrow? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Is she twenty yet? <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, Ian's, Ian's going to be a dad any minute. It's going to be really funny any second. Yeah, well, this is her <laughs> last day at work today. And you want, is it six months off paternity leave, don't you, Ian? I think it would drive me nuts. I think I'd do well <laughs> to last two weeks, actually. Are you going to have a week and then come back and then go back another week? Because some people are like opting for things like that. I mean, we're, we're very flexible as employers, as yeah, you know. Because yeah. you are going to drive her nuts. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. The first week you drive her everywhere with and meet everybody and go, hello, here's a baby. Yeah. And uh, and they wonder whether it's the right way up, or you know, why has it got big sticky out ears like that, or something? <laughs> and they go, "Oh, how beautiful!" And you go, oh, "Blimey, they really are <laughs> being nice." But after that, you know, you sit at home, and it's like, well, two I said of you fighting he, over changing the nappy." Yeah, we've got a bit of a renovation job going, and I said, oh, "I'd be great. I have two weeks to get on with stuff behind." <laughs> she just looked at me and she said, yeah. "Did you actually really mean that?" Yeah. And I was being serious. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Your life will change. Ian will be a different person from uh, within a month, a, mi- a month from now. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, less than that. Yeah. End of the so first much week of March. Mature. You're going to be, you know. I'll be really fit because I'll be going to rugby training Tuesday night, Thursday night, <laughs> playing Saturday. <laughs> Probably go for a run on Wednesday. <laughs> Dream on. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we're, we're rubbish at Valentine's, I'm afraid, everybody. So I'm very sorry about that. But then. We haven't actually got hordes of female listeners wishing, hanging on every word, have we? So it's a load of blokes who are thinking, ah, oh, thank goodness for that. And so if you've done it wrong as well... I don't know, that's slightly unfair, Andrew. I'm sure there's plenty of female farmers knocking around. Yeah, listening to us? Yeah. What, thinking we're funny? Several women in the trade as well. Not for dinner, I, there look, was probably the highest percentage of women attending that I've seen in several years. Unluckily for us, I don't think they uh, think we're funny. <laughs> Do they? We don't appeal to a woman's sense of humour. Izzy doesn't think I'm funny. Our untamed wit. I don't know, those jokes. Are they... I mean, I'm told they're funny. Some people think they're really funny. I th- I, what, let's, let's, move, let's move into the, the, the... If anyone else has kind of got it wrong as well, and there's that little look in your wife's eye or your girlfriend's eye saying, um, you know, oh, I've got you a card. Where's mine? 
just say, oh, well, do you know what? Those bloody idiots on Doing Grand, they did that as well, and they told us not to or something. Blame us. It's our fault, right? So you, so you can get away with it if you can blame someone else normally. So it's, it's mm. Ian Webster's fault. I'll pick up the flag. That's yeah, fine. that'll do. Anyway, mm. we, we, we do, despite all that, love you, mm. don't we, girls? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And with that happy thought, I think we're going to go. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewinggrain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio.